Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU. Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Ah, good morning to you. Andy Griffin with you live from North Bluff Street. Camping World of St. George Studios here on KDXU. Thank you for tuning in. I'm just about through this dead gum cold that's been hanging on all week long. Actually, it showed up, I think, Tuesday night. So Wednesday, Thursday, and today I've had to deal with the cold symptoms on the air. Not, my, my wife was like, maybe you have COVID. Well, no, I don't have a fear. No, I haven't had any problem breathing. I don't even have a runny nose. I just have this little catch in my throat. So uh, we're going to make it through. Uh, do want to tell you right up front next week, I am going to be on vacation, going to go up north and spend some time with my uh, two grandchildren and my uh, four of my five children. One of them is on a mission, on a mission, so I won't be spending any time with her. But uh, yeah, just uh, just going to uh, let you know that we will be running best of Andy Griffin shows and uh, I am uh, in the process. Uh, I'm going to work late today and find you the very best shows uh, from the past year or so. Uh, to play right here on the Andy Griffin Show. So I apologize for not being live. I'll be back uh, a week from Monday, though, with uh, live content for you and a lot of cool guests already scheduled out for not next week, but the week after next. And uh, just going to you know use the 4th of July holiday to spend a little time away. Uh, I don't know if you know this about, uh, about the business. Uh, generally speaking, and it's true in this market, ratings uh, run from April through June, April, May, and June. And so the general rule, and it's not enforced like you're going to get fired, but it's pretty pretty much unwritten rule. None of the on-air talent take uh, vacations, take any time off during rating sweeps. So you have... You might have something you want to go to or somewhere you want to go go to, but you can't April, May, or June. Forget about it is what they tell you. Uh, I actually uh, maybe sort of tongue-in-cheek I mentioned to my boss back in April, I'd really like to go, and they're like, no. Nope. So anyway, going to take a little vacay. I also have one later on uh, last week of July, uh, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it uh, Anyway, uh, let's talk about there are a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. As you know, if you listen to the show at all, you know that I'm a, a big advocate of suicide prevention, uh, not only uh, amongst young people, of course, uh, amongst young people, but uh, amongst you know people my age or, or close to it. Uh, the leading cause of, uh, uh, or the leading group, the leading demographic of suicide in America is not teens, but is rather males age 40 to 49. And uh, so I've carried that banner, and, and this show isn't going to be about that, but I thought I would mention it, uh, it kind of as a, as a preface to where I'm going. Uh, obviously, I hate suicide. It's Unfortunately, it's touched uh, my life, and uh, I'm a big promoter of, of suicide prevention and getting people to open up and talk and, and helping to prevent it. Uh, 800-273-TALK right now is a suicide hotline. I'm happy to say 15 days from now, the U.S. three-number suicide hotline will open. It was a bill sponsored and put together by Chris Stewart, but it received a lot of, a lot of support. 
Uh, and on July 16th, uh, 988 will be the suicide hotline. You'll be able to call and talk to a professional counselor uh, about, you know, if you're having those kind of thoughts. And uh, I've been a big supporter of that as well. But again, that's not what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I wanted to talk about the actual leading cause of death among teenagers. It is not suicide. Suicide is actually second. The leading cause, uh, cause of death among children ages 15 to 19 is car accidents. Fatalities, uh, unintentional death, car accidents, uh, deaths uh, in, in getting in a wreck. And, uh, you know, I, I did a little research on this, and some of the numbers were a little bit uh, shocking to me. Um, let's, let's start with driving age. Uh, you, you go around the country, the age to get your driver's uh, license, generally speaking, is around 16. And they call it a restricted license because... Uh, when you first get your license, you're not allowed to drive with other teens in the car that aren't family members. You're not allowed to uh, drive after a certain time of night. I think some of them it's nine o'clock, some of them it's ten o'clock, um, and you know there there are other uh, you know restrictions. You're not allowed to pull a trailer and things like that. Um, but uh, generally speaking, the driving age is 16. The learner's permit in most states is at 15. There's a few like Arkansas and Alaska, that you can get your permit at 14. Even Idaho, 14 and a half. Generally farm towns, so they can drive the farm equipment. Kansas, or farm states, I should say. Kansas, Kentucky, Idaho, Iowa, uh, but, uh, oh, North Dakota. But generally speaking, learner's permit 15, driver's license 16, restricted driver's license at 16, and then full driver's license where you can take anybody in the car with you uh, is either 17 or 18 years old, depending on the state you live in. Um, why am I talking about all this stuff? Well, here's the thing. My wife grew up in the state of New Jersey. New Jersey has right now about 9 million people. Utah has about 2. Uh, the driving age in New Jersey is 17. You can't get your restricted driver's license until the age of 17. My wife didn't get her license until she was 17. Uh, in Utah, it's 16. And there are a lot of factors in play here. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're in a state that has a lot of kids, to have a third driver in the home is, is a, a huge advantage for the family. Uh, I remember, especially when my older, older kids got their licenses, they became, instead of me being the taxi service for everything, I could say, hey, AJ, go pick up your brother from soccer practice or basketball camp or whatever. And I and and you know I'm I'm in the middle of whatever, and I can send my my son to go get one of his siblings. It was huge, uh, but uh, in doing in crunching the numbers and doing the research, I can tell you that uh, more than any other age, the well, I mean, you count fifteen, I guess fifteen and sixteen year olds. So drivers permit and drivers new drivers uh, are the biggest numbers of young people to die behind the wheel. And remember, this is the leading cause of death in the United States. Now, it's comparing New Jersey, driving age 17, to Utah, driving age 16. And, oh, and by the way, New Jersey is the only state in the U.S. where you can't get your driver's license until you're 17, the only state. Some of them go 16 and a half, but Jersey is the only one at 17. Anyway, okay, New Jersey, nearly 9 million people. Utah, about 2 million people. 
the number of teen deaths on the roads in Utah or in New Jersey is about 30 a year. The number of teen deaths in Utah is near 50 a year. Now think about that. They're four times, maybe almost five times bigger, more people in New Jersey. And they have fewer teen deaths on the roads than the state of Utah. Doesn't make sense, does it? Now, New Jersey, Utah's wide open. We have faster roads. There's more freeway. There's, you know, you can go. I mean, I used to go out on the old Bingham Highway and go way too fast. So, I mean, there, there is uh, cases to be made to say, well, it's different kind of driving. You don't really get going that fast in New Jersey. And that's actually true. They have, you know, turnpikes and stuff, and you can go semi-fast, but not... You know, I mean, you're traveling, you know, Dog Valley there in the middle of the state on the freeway, and there's nobody around. And uh, you can go, well, I'm going to crank it up a little bit speed-wise. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm saying, you know, some people do do that. So there is more wide-open driving. But I would contend that just raising the driving age by one year makes a big difference in saving young people's lives. And if we're going to carry the banner for... Uh, you know, stopping abortions, or if we're going to carry the banner for stopping suicide, if we're going to carry the banner for limiting violence among, among young people, why in the world are we not talking about deaths in car accidents? If, if I think the number is over, let me find the, the exact number. I think it's like 3,000 people die a year, 3,000 young people die a year in the U.S., uh, let's see. Uh, in 2000, I'm sorry, I'm way low. 100,000 adolescents died as a result. And that's, that includes uh, 10 to 19. So we're throwing in a couple more years. That died as a result of traffic accidents. Way more, five times more, or uh, in some cases, at least twice as many as die by suicide and by other means, by violence. And we don't talk about uh, driving age. We don't talk about keeping our young people safe when it comes to operating motor vehicles. I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's a little bit stunning to me. Uh, one in eight fatal car crashes in the last decade involved 15 to 20-year-old drivers. Is that 12%, 12.5%? The study reported that teen di- drivers were behind the wheel in 16% of the state's fatal crashes in 2020. And, uh, yeah, Utah is number three in the nation in most teen fatalities per capita. That's, those are big numbers. And, and I, I, like I said, I, 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 we get behind these hot-button issues, behind these big things. And certainly abortion is a big, I mean, 60,000 uh, a year, you know. Uh, but, but, let's, but let's not forget some of these other causes and everybody's wow it's just kids being kids they're driving fast well maybe i had a friend we call him an acquaintance he lives used to live here in town i think he's moved away now but uh he was drag racing with his buddy he had two girls in his truck with him and they were out in the countryside and they touched bumpers i mean you know they're, they're, they're in a long straightaway out in the middle of nowhere they touched bumpers which caused his truck to spin out of control and eventually roll. And uh, the two girls that were in this truck with him were, were killed. And I know in talking with him many times, late night conversations, he said that it's not even close. The biggest regret in his life was not knowing 
not knowing what to do, how to handle his truck getting a little bit out of control and not being able to save those girls' lives. They were all, none of them were wearing seatbelts. They were all ejected. And uh, and the two girls died. And, and he's like, I, I would give anything to go back and change that moment. I can't. He actually served time in jail because he had drink. He had uh, not DUI, didn't have enough alcohol in his system, but he had a, he had a little bit of, he had, he had had a beer earlier in the day. And anyway, that, and I'm not trying to excuse his behavior. What I'm saying is he regrets that every minute of his life, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to handle it. He was 16 years old. <clears throat> how, how do you feel, if you want to call, I'd love to hear from you, 673-5890, about changing the driving age in the state of Utah? And again, I understand we have big families. Having a third driver makes a big difference. It's huge. But it's been my experience the last um, half a decade or so, last decade or so, kids aren't that excited to get their license anyway. They have their smartphones. They have everything they could possibly need. They've got the Internet at their fingertips. They've got texting. Every once in a while they actually make a phone call. Not very common, but they do it. Uh, And so I have seen kid after kid after kid say, uh, you're going to get your license? And they're like, eh, maybe, eventually. My kids were like that. And my last couple of kids. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see the motivation there to get. I mean, when I, when I was 16, the morning I turned 16, I was up at the crack of dawn. It was a Saturday, for crying out loud, or maybe it was a Friday. I don't remember what day it was. It was summertime. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, springtime. And I just remember going... Uh, I remember looking up what time did the driver's license division open because I wanted to be there, take that driver's test, and uh, and uh, get my license. In fact, kind of a funny story there. Uh, our car didn't work. Our car didn't uh, wouldn't start that morning, and my uh, sister's fiance happened to be over with. He he had a '72 Chevelle with. It was a nice car, candy uh, kind of fire engine red with pipes and uh he was so in love with my sister he let me take it and get my driver's license take the driving test in his chevelle uh anyway that's a car guy story um how would you feel again about uh, raising raising the age of drivers to 17 new jersey again I, i think the proof is pretty obvious new jersey averages 30 deaths a year uh teen drivers Utah averages 50 deaths a year. We're one-fifth the size of that state. I think a year makes a huge difference. I think I'm just reading all these statistics about 15 and 16-year-old drivers and inexperience and causes of death, and I'm like, gosh, it sure seems like a simple solution. sure seems like a piece of cake to fix this one. There are so many solutions in life that are hard to come by. We do all the figuring. We try things. I mean, I, I think about my own medical history and the, with this leg a problem I have with my leg, and I've been to 10, 15 different doctors, and they're all like, yeah, I can fix it, and then they don't. Well, here's an easy fix to a problem. Let's, let's make it happen. I wonder what kind of pushback there would be. Who, who, would, who would protest this? And, and again, every issue, no matter how obvious, someone's going to disagree with it. But I wonder what, how much pushback there would be on raising the driving age in the state of Utah to 17. Hmm. Uh, some of the danger zones, by the way, uh, for, and this is a government web, cdc.gov, some of the danger zones in uh, teen driving. 
uh, the number one biggest problem with 16-year-olds, 15, 16-year-olds driving is inexperience. In fact, the difference of driving deaths from 16 year, 15 and 16 to 18 and 19 is, is you're, you're three times more likely to get into an accident and three times more likely to be killed in an accident if you're 15, 16 versus 18, 19. I don't know about 17. That number wasn't there. Inexperience is number one. Number two, uh, driving with teen passengers. I think they've <clears throat> the states have at least recognized that. That's why we have what they call restricted driver's licenses. Most states, when you get your driver's license as a young driver, you have a restricted license, which means you cannot take your friends and go joyriding. That is illegal. You can't pick your friend up from school. You can't give them a ride home from school. It's illegal. You can only take family members in your car. A lot of usually it's for the first year, sometimes only six months. Uh, so driver inexperience, number one, driving with teen passengers, number two. Number three, nighttime driving. Did you know that a, a teenager is more likely to die between the hours of 9 a.m. and or 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. than they are during the daytime hours? Because, uh, I mean, do the math. What? Parents always used to say nothing good happens after midnight, right? Uh, number four. Four is not using seatbelts. Teens are three times less likely to wear a seatbelt than our other than our adults. Uh, distracted driving. Do I even need to say anything about distracted driving? That goes into the driving with teen passengers, but also those dead gum smartphones that they that we all have. Uh, drowsy driving. I didn't think that was a factor with teens, but apparently it is. A lot of teens do not get enough sleep. Reckless driving. Uh, yeah, uh, driving too fast. Driving like an idiot. It happens. I was a teenager once and impaired driving. Unfortunately, that's a factor because someone's supplying these young people with alcohol or drugs and, well, some bad stuff happens. So there's your list. And I really believe, and I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to start a website and a movement and a GoFundMe page or whatever on this, but I really believe that if we raise the, the driving age in the state of Utah to 17, Instead of 16, I think that it would save lives. And isn't that what it's all about? If we could save 20 Utah teenagers' lives this year by raising it one year, isn't that worth it? Everybody's going to be like, well, just tell them to slow down. Yeah, right. That's going to work. I'll just tell, hey, teenagers, slow down. Let's have separate speed limits for teenagers. That's not going to work. What's going to work is if we raise the driving age for teenagers. I don't think that'd be a problem at all. All right, let's go to the phone line. Uh, Seth, what's going on today? I started driving at 12. 12? Were you on a farm? Well, sort of. I would, um, had a long driveway and an old car, and so Dad gassed the car up. And I was really good at 12 years old at driving up and down the driveway with some bends <laughs> and curves and forward and backwards and turning around and and so um, I was able to, uh, um, where I lived in Pennsylvania, it was treacherous, uh, twisty, mountainous roads and uh, snow. So when I got to Fort Greeley, Alaska at 16, um, the people there had come from Alabama and Georgia and Florida and Texas. They'd never seen a snowflake. Yeah, yeah. So the military gave us all a Jeep and flooded the runway with ice. 
<laughs> and they set up a course, and you oh. had to learn to go forward and backward. And in Alaska, people drove at a 45-degree angle with rear uh, propulsion um, because if you drove on the Alcan, all the cars were going at a 45. Wow. Yeah. Drifting, right? Okay. So <laughs> if you didn't learn how to drive sideways, how to correct, how to stop, how to pump the brakes, how to do all those things, uh, we had to go to school. Yeah, and we do. had to show proficiency and able to drive before they would issue a military driver's license. You were gaining experience, which is part of the problem. These kids don't have any experience. They're, their parents won't take them out driving because their parents are too busy or too lazy or whatever. And and uh, and then they get their license. They get the piece of paper because they pass the test, which they practically hand to them anyway. And, uh, and look what happens. Teens are dying on the roads. Exactly. Now, let's address the same thing. At 16, mm -hmm. I could die for my country, but I couldn't vote, and I couldn't own a weapon, and I couldn't drink alcohol. I, I still don't drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, why don't we have a universal age for adulthood? Why don't we say 18 years of age, you can do we're going to we're going to give you a little uh, star on your forehead. It says you're an adult, <laughs> and you're accountable for what you do. And this mishmash of ages for a gun, for alcohol, for gambling—it uh, just really doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so uh, not only seventeen. If if the number is going to be that, uh, biologically. Uh, when is any individual plant or animal, when does it become an adult? When it clears puberty, I guess. When it can conceive. Ah, ooh. Or flower. That, that's pretty okay. young for humans. Well, uh, it, it depends on where you live. I guess Eskimos, uh, 18, 19, the same in Japan. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Uh, it all depends, but somehow there needs to be, as far as I'm concerned, some kind of rational reason, rational approach to this subject that makes sense. And uh, uh, another function of the schools, um, I don't think driver's education is part of reading and writing and arithmetic. I think your your parents, like my parents, taught me to drive. And uh, uh, my father handed me the driver's ed book uh, before I got a mm. learner's permit. And he says, now in two weeks, I'm taking you down to the DMV and you're going to pass that test. Otherwise, you're not going to be driving and you're not going to get a driver's license because that's the first and last time I'm going to take you there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I memorized the book, of course, and then <laughs> nice. he said, in two weeks, you're going to take the driver test. And, of course, I was pretty smug about that one because <laughs> I've been driving for four years. Right. So um, there needs to be a way and, and uh, private lessons, uh, whatever it takes, so that you're uh, competent when you take the wheel and that there needs to be some approach to adulthood that really makes sense every state different ages 
it's a hodgepodge. It really why is. Don't we, it really is. Why don't we fix it? Yeah. Seth, I got a, I got a couple of callers on hold. So thank you for the call today. Good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, there, I, I don't know. I don't know if we need a national law or, or what we need to do in, in, in those uh, occasions when it, when it comes to adulthood. Uh, I still feel, and maybe maybe if you, these callers maybe have a, a differing uh, thought, but uh, again, I still feel like bumping the driving age up a bit is a good idea. Uh, hi, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? I think you should go the opposite way. Really? Yeah, go down to 14. I started driving when I was 10 years old, backhoes, loaders, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You just had to because you're part of a family business. We coddle the kids so much. I mean, you can't go outside. You can't walk across the street unless you're wearing a bicycle helmet. <laughs> and uh, and we, we, we try to preserve them and save them, and all we do is create a problem. We need to do like the eagle, the mother eagle. They make the nest so uncomfortable that finally the little baby eagle goes, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go find my own place. In New Jersey, and I've driven there quite a bit because I am a professional driver. I have a CDL, Class A. Mm-hmm. They have what they call jug handles. Have you ever driven a jug oh, handle? Oh, yes, I have. I actually went there on my mission, so I know exactly what you're okay, talking about. Yeah, and you don't turn left. There are no left turns, nope. okay? And you turn right all the time. So that right there will cut down a ton of wrecks. No more U-turns in front of people as they get T-boned and killed, stuff like that. Um. Long story short, we uh, we coddle them way too much. Let them drive when they're 14. You know, that's what insurance is for. If the parents, like you say, are too lazy to get out there and teach them how to drive, they'll learn really quick. And I'll tell you, the most popular kid of my grade, the one who had a driver's license in a car. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You I, know, yeah. that's it. So, but but I, I understand the point. You want to keep them safe. You want to? No, we don't. You know, we have too many of these, I don't know, that... You know, the old strongest survive. We don't have that anymore. Mm. Everybody's living the mid eighties. You know, <laughs> nobody really dies or anything. Nobody really gets hurt. And if they do get hurt, it's getting posted all over Facebook and everything. Look, I broke my arm. I broke my arm seven times when I was a kid. Why? Because my parents loved me. They said, get out there and do something. <laughs> get right. rid of the bubble wrap. Right. Take Th- them down thanks. to 14. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Interesting. Uh, interesting take. I, I think if, if we were to either leave it or, or, like you said, maybe bump the driving age down, uh, the thing that concerns me, again, I don't think it's coddling. I think we need to make sure that these young people are educated. And, and I'm not talking about reading a book. I'm talking about someone needs to spend time with them in vehicles and have, I mean, one of the things that in the article, one of the articles I was reading was talking about inexperience and and what they, it means by inexperience is they come up on situations and they don't know how to handle remember my friend I was talking about where uh, people died in the in the car he was driving he didn't know what to do when his car started to skid it started to, to drift or slide and instead of pull you know instead of you know turning the wheel into the into the skid he you know he just tried to figure out you know an inexperienced way on try to, how to handle it he didn't handle it well so I, I guess I would say to that caller and to any of you who maybe don't agree, uh, moving the age of 17 I still think is a good idea. Or if we don't move it, if we keep it or even make it lower, make sure this person has the experience necessary. You know, he was talking about he drove at 14. Well, he had a family business, and I, get, I guarantee they got a lot of experience when he was 14 driving around the farm or, or the yard or wherever it was. Uh, experience is key, and that is, by the way, the number one reason for teen 
uh, traffic accidents in experience. Only way to get experience is to do it. And the way to do it is supervised at first. Welcome back. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in on this Friday. Man, a warm Friday. 87 out there. Wow. 941. And uh, so good to so good to be here today. Again, going to take next week off. We'll have some best of for you. We'll have uh, actually Jeff Cochran is going to handle the 835 show, which features uh, folks like today. It was We Win Injury Law. We've got Pathway Hospice. got Brandon Hansen, Senior Weekly. Uh, whom I forget? Oh, Jeremy Larkin, of course, and Dixie Chiropractic. So uh, Jeff Cochran will handle those shows. And then uh, this hour uh, for the next week is going to be best of shows. So don't call in. We'll have some liners and things to talk about it. And I'm going to I'm in the process today of picking the shows that uh, uh, we'll be replaying during the next week. And uh, so I, I promise you they're going to be good shows, even even though they're going to be reruns, uh, a lot of you maybe haven't ever accessed the podcast here on uh, KDXU. All these shows are in in podcast format, so you could go back and listen anytime. And I'm going to go through all those podcasts. Don't want to do anything from like three years ago, I don't think, but uh, all those in the last year and find you the best shows I can for uh, next week. Have you heard about that uh, race, by the way, out there in District uh, 72? It's a, So basically, it's a state representative from the Hurricane area, and uh, Joseph... Elison and Willie Billings, they ran a clean race. I didn't hear any mudslinging. Uh, it seemed to be a real positive race in the, in the Republican primary. So who won? Well, that's a great question. Uh, even though the primary was on Tuesday, we're, we're looking at it and we're going, uh, hold on one second. There's not a really a clear winner yet. Right now, with that, still more ballots to be counted, absentee ballots and the, and the like, and even some mail-in ones that haven't arrived yet, perhaps, uh, right now, Joseph Elison is 4,064. Willie Billings is 4,057. So uh, on Wednesday morning, or well, by, by the night, and, uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, Billings was actually ahead by 35 points. And the next day, uh, Wednesday, or excuse me, Thursday, on Thursday, uh, Elison had passed Billings by eight points, and uh, now about 100 and and about 130 votes later, Elison's uh, lead is seven votes. What a great race. Uh, I wish both those gentlemen the best of luck. As again, we've got a few ballots left. I, I estimate there's going to be another maybe 100 or 200, and that could swing the vote when it's as close as, as it is right there. All right. Uh, it's a Friday, 943. Let's take some phone calls. Hey, thanks for calling in today. I'm Andy. What's up? Hi. Good morning, Andy. Hey, morning. What's up? I'd like to talk about uh, both of your topics today. First of all, um, you know, we wouldn't even be discussing uh, this race because it would have never been run as a primary. Uh, Willie Billings won 62 percent of the vote uh, during the convention, which would have eliminated Elison had he not chosen to go out and collect uh, signatures to get himself on the ballot. That's a good point. You know, you say about how they ran a, you know, you know, clean election. Uh, Joe Elison should not even have been on the ballot. We shouldn't be counting votes right now. Clearly, Willie Billings won that election, and he should be going to the uh, uh, the general election. And so, uh, you know, this is what you get when you allow money and politics to enter into our caucus system. And so, um, Willie Billings, uh, he should have been. He won. 
he won at the caucus, and that's how we uh, select people. And so uh, I consider what's happening now really a, a bastardization of our election process. Okay. All right. Appreciate the input. I, I agree and somewhat. Then, well, I, I know we've talked about this before, and, you know, it really is a matter of some people just not willing to take no for an answer. You know, Christy Pike was on, so was Nina Barnes. Yeah. These people lost tremendously, to use a Trump Trumpism, uh, <laughs> at the uh, at the caucus. They were clearly rejected by people who vetted them, uh, you know, had the opportunity to have access to them, talk to them, find out what they believed, and they were rejected. And they just can't take no for an answer. But back to your other point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at, at the age 17 in New Jersey, we're still losing 30 uh, kids, right? That's true, yeah. Well, then 17 is clearly not high enough. We should raise that age to, you know, and Andy, you said if we can save even one life, well, maybe we should raise that age to, what, uh, 19, 20, 21 until we hit zero, right? <laughs> well, we're never going to hit zero, unfortunately, but I know what you're saying. Well, the point is, is look, we, you know, life is a, life's a serious uh, adventure. It's um, people die for all kinds of reasons, but you know, one of the primary reasons why we're here. Well, there's actually several, but the bottom line is, and you've mentioned this, it's about experience. Right. I was driving a motorcycle at 14 in Las Vegas, wow. and I'm still here to talk to you about it. <laughs> so, what was the difference? Experience. Have you ever heard of driver's edge? Driver's Edge? No. Yes. Don't it's think a program I have. That's, well, it's a pro- program that's put on by uh, a uh, nonprofit group that teaches young people how to handle their car in these situations that you were describing when they have no idea what to do when they, the car enters a skid or, or they're driving on slippery roads. Driver's Edge is free, and unfortunately, uh, there's way more demand than there is uh, ability to do this. But hmm. You know, the answer isn't raising the age. The answer is making sure that your young person is competent in all situations before you allow them behind the wheel. And then, of course, you add in all these other things like, you know, the telephone. How many people do you see looking at their telephone as they're driving down the road? The kids do the same thing. What about alcohol? What about the music on the radio? What about all the kids? We have all these variables, and we're not going to be able to set an age that's going to magically fix this. It's not the age. It's the competence. And, you know, if you want to lay this on anybody, yeah, it's the parents. You know, unfortunately, um, it's a busy world these days, and I guess we don't have time to teach our children how to operate a 2,500-pound uh, vehicle that's capable of zooming down the road at 90 miles an hour. We don't have time for that. Yeah. And, and, and so, it- Andy, the answer isn't raising the age. Hey, New Jersey still lost 30. Is that acceptable? <laughs> yeah, good point. Thanks for the call, well, Steve. Appreciate it. You bet. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, but if we can cut it down, is it worth it? And, and, and I guess you start weighing that, okay, well, if we go to 17 and we can save 20 or 30 lives, uh, if we go to 18, we save another 20 there. Is I mean, at what point do we go, yeah, we we've done it. And uh, but the problem is though is is the the absolute in this case isn't zero because adults die in car accidents too. It'll never be zero unless we I guess we bubble wrap all our cars, right? Hey, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Morning, Andy. Morning. Oh, you touched on a couple of things earlier. 
before your show about the likability of America. You're talking to your buddy, and oh yeah, the 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 the, the, the numbers are out. They did a, a national poll, and uh, less than fifty percent of Americans are proud of our country. That's the number. And in fact, uh, right right now we're talking. This isn't from 2019 or whatever. This is current times. And 39 percent of Americans, Republican Americans, say they are not proud of their country right now. Those are scary numbers on the Democrat side. Even higher, I'm sure. Yeah, 49. Yep. So where we got off the rails, I wonder. You know what's really sad is the 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 height of pride in America was after World War II. Do, I mean, I, you look at it and you go, well, maybe we need another war. Well, we don't want another war, obviously. That's the worst thing that could happen. But it did bring the country together for a time. Well, we had Vietnam. That sure didn't bring it, the country together. So Good point. Although some will say that was a police action, right? <laughs> well, most of our wars since then have been, unfortunately. Yeah. But I've heard a saying that says, I grew up with Steve Jobs, Johnny Cash, and Bob Hope. Now there's no Jobs, there's no Cash, and no Hope. Mm. And please don't let anything happen to Kevin Baker. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hey, I'm good. All right, thanks for calling. Let's go to line two, uh, three. Hey, uh, you're on with Andy. How are you doing this morning? You there? Good, good to talk to you, Andy. I, I do want to say you sound a little bit like a government mandator there with the even if we could save just one, you know, like, you know, <laughs> oh, okay. we, we I got to be careful there. You're right. I know well, we, we, we got, we could save a lot of lives if we, you know, mandated that, that cars could only go 15 miles an hour. Hey, mm. nobody's going to die then, you yeah, know, good point. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. Life is a series of calculated risks. I like some of the other drivers. I started driving a 14. That's how it was when I grew up. I could do it like that. Mm-hmm. But but you got experience early, right? And experience in non dangerous situations, right? Exactly. Well, kind of. And then, but like I was going to say, I'm an avid dirt bike rider. You touched on both kind of sides of the the topic I was going to make because you know it's like it's all about seat time. You aren't going to. You could sit there. I could teach you. I could sit there and tell you how to be safe on a dirt bike a million times over. It doesn't make it. It doesn't move. It's going to be, you're going to be safe on a dirt bike. You're going to, you're going to have to go out. You're going to get in the seat. You're going to have to have the experience, like you said, to do it. And basically the only way to gain experience with anything is to do it. You can't, you can't sit in a classroom and learn how to drive. Yeah. So, Good point. I mean, you can learn, you can learn the basics, but you aren't going to learn how to, how to control the car. If it goes into a skid from a guy teaching you that you're going to have to feel it. So, well, and, and you know, my, my son, by the way, is into dirt biking, too, and, and I'm afraid that window's closed for me. But I've been a street bike rider my whole life, and I can tell you, you could put me on a dirt bike, and I'd really struggle with what you guys oh, do, I'm, even though it's the same you machine. You put me on a street bike, and I look like an idiot, and I'm definitely afraid of every car on the road if I'm on a street bike. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, so it's, it's just it's, it's that experience thing. And like you said, even different aspects of dirt biking. I've got friends that do the desert riding. and they want to go out 100 miles an hour across the desert and not even know what's coming up. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'll take a little bit more controlled. Like, you know, I, I like to jump where they don't. You know, there's different There's different things. You're going to calculate a risk as a human. You've got to do it. You are going to, you're going to be able to eliminate every risk from your life. And, and to think that we could set a rule that's going to do that is kind of, you know, it's it's just, I don't, I, I don't think it's really ever going to happen that way. Like, no matter what the rule or the law might be, you're still going to have risks and you're going to have to calculate those risks whether it's covid whether it's 
riding a dirt bike, whether it's driving a car down the road or, you know, whatever you're going to do. Yeah, so. good, good point. Good point. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Have a good day. Experience is so big and so key. And, you know, he was talking about, uh, you know, being time in the seat, time, time spent experiencing whatever it is. Uh, that you do and and to me it's all kind of pointing back to parents and 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 other adult mentors that that help us get that experience man i remember one time i was learning i was learning to drive i had my my permit at 15 and we only had a couple of uh, standard transmissions in our family a couple of stick shifts and i was on 90th south and west jordan actually i get might have been across the border in a sandy anyway 90th south and uh, I, it, I was waiting to turn left across a couple of lanes of traffic. It cleared. I went to go, and I popped the clutch too fast and stalled it. And I remember my dad, he was, he was like kind of mad at me because cars were going to come pretty soon. And he's, I think he said something like, you drive like an eight-year-old or something like that. I don't, I don't know what that, exactly that meant. I just remember thinking uh, I didn't have the experience. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I you know, I... So, and then I tried to start the car, and I hadn't pushed the clutch back in. And so the car was kind of jumping a little bit, and, and there were cars coming. There was cars behind me, and, yeah, the experience wasn't there. And uh, I guess I was driving like an 8-year-old for a little while. All right, I uh, got about two minutes left in the show. I'll take a couple of calls here. Hey, go ahead. Thanks for waiting on hold. Hello, Andy. How are you today? Doing okay. What's on your mind? Okay, I have two things. One with the traffic, you know, or driving. If we can just get rid of these yellow blinking lights that are non, you know, that don't help much anything, mm-hmm. that would save a lot of lives or a lot of accidents. Okay, okay. now I'm going to uh, what month this is. I call it the American Pride Month. If we can just have all the businesses and nonprofit organizations, a.k.a. IHC, you know, kind of sponsor the uh, American Pride instead of, you know, like they did this last month with all their different colors and yeah. the red, white, blue one things, I think we would be a better place. I agree. Pride in America, again, that statistic out from a national Gallup poll said uh, less than 50% of Americans are proud of America. That's kind of heartbreaking, isn't yeah. it? Well, I'm, I'm proud to be an American regardless of what the government's doing. You know, we're, that's our job. We're to to uh, make it make it right, make it make it great, and we just have to vote the right people in. Good call. Thanks. Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. Nine fifty nine on KDXU. I am proud to be an American. I would be, I guess, in the minority now, but I am proud to be American, and I've, I'm proud of the people that have sacrificed and made it so that we can be here and be free, and so I can be on the radio talking to you today. I'm on vacation next week, guys. See you later.